Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey everyone and welcome to Pixels, a podcast for the discerning gamer. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pixels, a show where we talk about gaming and uh, possibly, if we have time on this episode, about a movie, uh, just one very specific movie, which we will enjoy discussing with, well, myself, Patrick Beja, and Mark Turpin. How's it going, Turps? Hello. It's going very well, thank you. It's good to be here. Um, just so I'm aware, are we so it's going to be Avengers Endgame. And if you haven't seen the film, uh, who are you and how did you manage to not see the film yet? Um, because it's already grossed, uh, what was it, like 1.2 billion domestically? Yeah. Um, in its first week. And I think... first, like, five days. It's, you know, it might be strange that we uh, talk about a, a movie in a video game podcast, but that's the one, ex you know, when I, wrote, when I wrote the Constitution of Pixels, it was mm -hmm. like Article uh, uh, 13 was actually, well, we if a movie, um, no, it's, <laughs> uh, it was, if a movie grosses more than uh, $1.2 billion uh, on opening weekend, then we have to talk about it. So that's why, yeah. if you were wondering. Um, yeah, and we'll do that at the end so we don't have spoilers for people who don't want to know anything. But we're not going to talk about Game of Thrones, so don't worry about that no. if you haven't caught up on that. Well, that's but the still, thing. Has yeah. Game of Thrones oh, nice. grossed $1.2 billion on the opening uh, of the episode? I would that. suspect probably not. Did it cost $1.2 No, I thought it was like... No, but I'm no. <laughs> I just said it probably. Ah. There's, a, there's a lot of CG. There's a lot of CG in there. Mm -hmm. you know, there is, that there whole, is. That whole like kind of 20-minute love scene between Tormund and the Night King, um, <laughs> I was like, oh, sorry, no, we're not doing spoilers. Anyway. No, but no, I no, thought, no, yeah, we're not. Nonetheless. You know what we're going to be talking about, though? Uh, well, uh, three things. First, Mortal Kombat 11, which you've played. Mm. Uh, Days Gone, yes. which I've played. Some uh, news, various news from the video games industry. But also, before that... I did want to ask you something that's a little bit personal. Is it okay? Yes, go for it. Um, what happened to your body? Like, I saw a couple of pictures, and uh, I was shocked. Time is a cruel mistress. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And apparently, you, you reverse it because it's been very kind to you. Like, are you, have you been working out all day, every day for the past year? What's happened? Yeah, basically, so all the time I used to spend playing WoW and going on the instance, I instead um, started uh, praying to Brodin uh, and lifting uh, iron uh, prayers to him five times a day, five by five. Um, no, it's just um, I was I've been I've been going to the gym now for like two years, um, and at the start of this year, I decided to actually 
uh, try and do it, but also not eat like crap. And, um, you know, people, people, you know, think, ah, oh, surely it must be more to it than that. I ate a lot. Uh, <laughs> and I mean like a lot, like a lot, like an obscene amount of food. And so actually dialing back on that has meant that I've, you know, I've, I've definitely made, you know, more of a physical difference to myself. Um, but I, I'm a big believer in, in, um, exercising the body as well as the mind. Um, Ooh, I feel like how are you world, exercising the mind? Well, the things every day, like every day we're chatting, we're playing in games, we're having fun, we're thinking up strategies. I'm getting excited about Marvel and where it's going and thinking about oh, how is Game of Thrones going to end now? It's got three oh. more episodes. What's going to happen? All of these so, things. So that's how you exercise the mind. Okay, I can do that. Yeah. That's fine. My um, mind is, the my body is, is the problem. The time. But that's the thing is that then at the end of the day, my mind is exhausted, but my body isn't. And so I'd end up eating even more, uh, just kind of grazing and just, blah, you know, it's just, just it was not good for me, um, certainly not my mental health, but my physical health as well. And so, you know, I just tried to live a little bit more healthily. Um, Brian Halinka, our good friend, um, you know, uh, what's he now? Like class balance on World of Warcraft. Mm -hmm. I mean, that was someone, someone, someone messed up with giving him that promotion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, but he, he's been uh, kind of a fantastic inspiration to me in terms of um, he's got a couple of kids. He's got a busy job. He loves playing computer games, um, but that guy is shredded and um, doing all sorts of like calisthenics and like cool balancing. And, you know, he's like, you know, living life and enjoying it. And um, I think, it, you know, for, for ages I had excuses around, you know, I've got young kids, I've got this, I've got that. But well, you still do just, have young kids, right? I do. But the thing is, is like, you know, you, 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 I make time for World of Warcraft. I can make mm. time for world of gym craft and um yeah <laughs> it's um i think the only the only thing i've stopped playing off the back of going to the gym is hearthstone which is ironic because it's probably the most gym friendly game of all you can sit on a <laughs> on like an exercise bike and probably play a lot of hearthstone um so but, wait uh, a second yeah. by by just giving up hearts hearthstone Basically. time <laughs> that's the only thing you needed to give up and you got because if people and, aren't and following you on amounts of food like, right. Like okay. Like, but time-wise, like, really, time-wise, I mean. Yeah. Time-wise, for me, I do um, sort of forty-five minutes a day of physical activity, be it walking, the gym, um, or anything in between. That's it. Um, it's just forty-five. Yeah. Because the picture I was saying for people who haven't seen the pictures, I mean, maybe you Photoshop <laughs> them and you make it look yeah, it's like a lot. A lot of because really you look, good. you look really, really. Uh, uh, not to start, you know, some kind of seduction dance on you, but you look really muscular yeah. and thank and you. fit. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's exactly what I was looking for. I wanted I wanted Patrick Bayshard to just say how fit I look. Um, no, yeah, it, like I said, it's um, you know, it's 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 one of those things that uh, I've I've tried to, like I said, live a bit cleaner, and also it's 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 understanding that you know nothing, and it is a you know, it's a journey and listening and being humble like i go down to the gym and there's you know wise old you know muscular people who <laughs> tell me that i'm you know i'm arching my back too much or i need to you know keep my chin up or put my chin down or stuff like that and just making sure you don't hurt yourself in the process and also don't get ego don't let ego get in the way um you know i've i've been going like i said now for a couple of years but still like you know you you put the weights up online and there'll always be someone i benched like twice that you know it's like okay cool <laughs> fine 
uh, you know, it's um, it's it is a it's definitely a journey, and it's it's super preachy. But that's the great thing about Instagram. Instagram is all about being super preachy um, and just <laughs> talking about how fantastic your life is. And if only people use the same supplements that I used, um, maybe so do they you would use be supplements? Happy. <laughs> I, I I I have protein shakes now. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. Wow. They're, they're a good. They they help with recovery, um, mm-hmm. so you don't get sore um, for as long after. Um, so that, that's well, I also right. use, um, anabolic, anabolic steroids. Um, <laughs> I have, um, lip fillers, Are, you know, just uh, normal stuff. <laughs> right. Right. So no, because you yeah. know, when I, when I first saw, I don't know why I, I didn't pay attention before. Maybe it's because my own young child has, uh, mm. is big enough that now Fritz, it's become a little know, bit yeah. easier. Um, well, and Patrick, I, and I have like, time. What's he bench? <laughs> and, uh, I have a little bit more time. So I paid a little bit more attention, but initially I was like, did he do some kind of paid promo to get at a gym and talk about it and like he was forced to like some kind of you know movie contract where I you had you know to, to so get well. in shape You're like who paid him who paid him no but i mean it's it's like i was thinking maybe you had paid someone uh, you know if the if it wasn't that you got paid to do it maybe you paid someone to whip you into shape because it was very strange anyway i don't want to talk about I've this all day trainers but... I've used personal trainers. It's mm-hmm. good. I think, no, genuinely, I think it is something that gamers should talk about, and that I think gamers make the best people for gyms mm. um, and the best people because it is all about incremental progression. You know, we're, we're trained about like, oh yeah, I put in a little bit of time, and now my character is better, um, and that's all you do. Like with with working out and stuff, is you put in a bit of time, bit of graft, and you come out better than you went in, um, and it's a great feeling, and it does it. You know, I've, I've definitely got more energy now. Than I did before I started going to the gym, mm. um, and uh, yeah, and I, I've I've used personal trainers in the past, and I I go to like group sessions and classes and stuff like that now. Um, I think that is the best way, just because again, I feel like people are more likely to injure themselves and then set themselves further back if they don't know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, gamers, I feel like we got a bad rep out there. People think that we're lazy and we sit on our bums all day, and we do. But equally, <laughs> we got, could you know, not minds. Mm-hmm. And uh, we could exactly. I feel like there's there's nothing intrinsically special about me or my situation, mm-hmm. other than I've been fortunate enough to to have the opportunity to to get down and do something about it. I All know right. some people their lifestyle or their, their 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 you know whatever doesn't allow them to do it, and fair enough. You know, don't don't you know flagellate yourself over it. Yeah, but if I you mean, can, and, you should. Uh, for me, I know that I. I probably wouldn't have the patience uh to go down to the gym and doing regular do it regularly but what actually to some extent a little bit uh, uh seeing your pictures kind of inspired me to get back to doing the little bit that i do and that i often don't you know don't have time Good. which is doing push-ups and squats and stuff like that just Amazing. at home yeah um yeah and now i've almost reached the uh saitama you know one punch man uh, training <laughs> regiment which is a hundred push-ups a hundred uh uh squats and i want to add a hundred yeah. uh uh I don't know, sit-ups or something. Yeah, well, and, exactly. you know, just doing that a few times a, a week, three, four times a week is is uh, hugely, a little bit, hugely. yeah. I think, yeah, you're lapping everyone else who's just sat on their asses right now. Yeah. Um, you know, I have to say, 
one yeah. of the reasons I did it as well is because I was starting to feel it was actually affecting, like I was getting sore everywhere and like not recovering mm. properly when I was uh, just doing yeah. two seconds of any kind of work. And it's really, yeah, so. like I said, it's amazing. Like my metabolic age was close to 40. Yeah. Um, I'm 45. So my metabolic age was close to, to 50. Seven or something. Yeah, that's the sort of thing is you start looking at like, holy crap, I've got the body of someone who's much closer to death than I want to be. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, and the thing is, it's, I love games. I love pop culture. You know, I joke about it all the time. But leading up to Endgame, I say, like, literally, I just have to live another month and then I'm I'm there. <laughs> I just need to see it. Yeah, um, yeah. And I feel like if I, I don't, I'm doing myself a disservice um, because I know how important this is to me. Uh, and then you've got kids and you've got to start thinking about, okay, well, I want to make sure they're okay for as long as I can help them. Um, so yeah, so that's why I like okay. to uh, play Mortal Kombat 11. Um, <laughs> um, holy crap! It's uh, well. It's, thank you very much for yeah. that inspirational yeah. uh, little speech. And yes, as as yeah. you say, let's start talking about uh, video games. Just like uh, exercise, everyone can do it, and that is partly why it's fun. So Mortal Kombat 11. Um, I guess everyone knows Mortal Kombat. We talked about this a, l a little bit when it was introduced. Very gruesome, very like mm. straddling the line between cartoony and gruesome, uh, but really more on the gruesome side, but cartoony yeah. enough that it doesn't, it's, it's not of, snuff. Um, it's shock, not a snuff shock game, porn, right? gore, you know, a lot of um, like, you know, like seeing the fatalities and the different, different fatalities you get and yeah. the creative ways in which people like, oh my God, he just froze his blood and then ripped it out of his body or something. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, you know, it is... Um, Kind of the inventiveness a, a of the fatalities is what completely yeah. gets me every time and, and this time as well. So you've been playing it a little bit. Um, yes. I guess I have two questions. Uh, mm -hmm. Is it a different enough Mortal Kombat that it's exciting for people who are not super mega fans of the series? And then is it just a good game? So I've, I've always enjoyed Mortal Kombat single player. I think the single player campaigns are actually really fun. Uh, the way in which the story and you take control of different characters across and the little cutscenes in between, I love the pieces. And NetherRealm have always done fantastic work. If you've if you've ever played, um, uh, not Infamous, what's it called? Um, uh, Injustice. The DC one, uh, yeah. Injustice. Yeah, that is one of my favorite iterations of comic book lore um, of like kind of bad guy Superman um, and the the quests around it. Um, they they do great storytelling, and so I think from a kind of a sequel you know this is Mortal Kombat 11 uh, from a sequel perspective if you enjoyed the first one you get more of the same um on PC which is what I played it on um it's by default capped at 30 frames uh you can get a mod that uncaps it which makes it a little bit more fluid um it really depends kind of how anal you are about those sorts of things um the actual game itself is uh, a very kind of straightforward fun Mortal Kombat game until you take it online. Um, so it's 50 uh, pounds British sterling. I don't know what it is in euro, probably what, 60 euro? Uh, 60, the, the regular price is probably 69 on consoles yeah. and um, and a little bit less Premium. on PC, something like yeah. that. Um, so the, the big hoo-ha around it is the microtransactions available in the game. Um, there are certain encounters that NetherRealm are looking at um, that currently, or at least when I was playing it uh, before I went away this weekend, are basically impossible to beat 
um, unless you have microtransaction. Mm. Uh, just so, just so we're clear, uh, until now you were talking about the single player experience, so like the, the, experience, the story. Exactly. For, for yeah, me, which is, 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 a, is a big step forward um, from previous Mortal Kombat. Well, last last one I played, uh, 10X, um, was fantastic, and this is continuing to be fantastic. I love right. the kind of the 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 like I said, it's kind of like it is a bit tongue-in-cheek a bit kind of b-movie in mm. terms of its narrative. very self-aware really fun yeah um and it's it's just it, you want to get through the fights to kind of see the interactions as they go forward um the but that's like the, that has nothing to do with, with the macro transactions issues there are no, no micro transactions no, exactly. there that's right. all okay. kind of a separate game that you can enjoy um and it's warner bros again you know you, i remember chatting to you before about shadow of war and you know like it was a fantastic game until you go online and then it's very much geared around how do we get further in-app purchases um out of the players it seems um local versus i've played as well and that's so much fun um it is i think the best way to play mortal kombat at my skill level which is very low um <laughs> when you go online and just do versus you just get absolutely destroyed um there are a few things um so they they have looked at so there's these the, the tower of time towers of time are these areas where you um you encountered previously you had these kind of nine impossible um scenarios that apparently they have fixed in a or they've looked at in a update on the 26th mm-hmm. um so i don't i haven't played it i went away on holiday on that day <laughs> so i haven't played it since um and it may but be what do that you, they have what, taken it on on board um but the frustrating why thing do you want to go to the towers of time mode what does it bring is it so just it, they, they allow you to unlock um uh different um cosmetics and um different uh kind of um finishes and uh lots of different kind of unlocks uh through there mm. um so it's 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 not none of these things are essential and like i said it really comes down to kind of where do you want to find your um your happy and your fun um it, it, it's like i said it's tricky i i some people have reported a lot of desyncs on online i haven't played enough verses in that i just didn't really enjoy that side of it as much um but i think again a lot of these things are early early day teething problems um f- for me I liked the um I like the single player, I like the control scheme, I like the characters, I like the visuals. Um I think it's a you know, if you liked X, I, I'm pretty sure you'll love Eleven. Mm. Um and it's you know, I just think it's 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 really, really good. Um the actual the fighting is fun, it feels good. Um it, but the thing is it's so dependent on your skill level. Um like you're you're a big fighting game fan. Like you, you have an arcade stick, don't you? I don't have an arcade stick, but I am a big okay. fighting game fan, or at I least thought, I thought you I, had. Oh yes, actually yeah. I do. I forgot I had it. Yes, um, <laughs> but I'm more, you know, I'm I'm I, in the fighting game community. You'll have you find a big rift between the, the traditional Japanese type games, which are a little bit more technical, yeah. and the the american games which are essentially mortal kombat and the nether realm games which are mm-hmm. a bit more flashy they've become a bit yeah. you know it's not to say that there isn't uh both in both uh styles but yeah the the american ones i play essentially to see all the fatalities and then that's it and then i'm done mm. um 
but yeah, it's, I mean, it seems like the single player experience is still cool. Uh, the Towers of Time, which is the online grindy thing, is, uh, uh, has gotten a lot of uh, complaints from a lot of people. Um, there's one thing you haven't mentioned yet. You can actually build and customize your characters in this one. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, you can you can get like upgradey bits. Um, I, think I thought you actually more... could like select different attacks for the different characters. Maybe I'm. You, maybe I'm. You might, I don't think I've done that. Okay. Um, but again, I've been doing more of the the single player stuff. Mm. So maybe that's. I'm trying to remember if I've done. I don't think I've done that. I think uh, yeah. what I'm getting out of but it. Maybe what i'm getting out of all of it is um if you're a casual mortal kombat player and you're there for the cheesy fun story and gruesome uh fatalities you're going to be very happy couch versus like for me like i said the most fun i had playing this game was sat down with other guys from the office and just you know just having fun and when i went online i quickly came up against people who were just way better than me Mm. um and i didn't have fun because my skill level is just not there to compete in that sort of world. Um, so I, I, but I really enjoyed the, the, the couch sit down. It was good fun. Uh, the visuals are amazing. They are really, really good. Um, yeah. I, I think it's a, I genuinely think it's a solid experience. It's just one of those things whereby games as a service for premium products, just always feel a bit much. Like if you're paying a full ticket price for a game, which admittedly hasn't really changed in the past like 20 years, um, you know, like games have always been sort of 40, 50 quid a fill, but maybe they were cheaper 10 years ago. I don't know. But it feels like games haven't necessarily moved on in price on the ticket side um, quite as much as other items have in everyday life mm. in terms of just price inflation. Yeah. So well, maybe that's... this is just a way to make it make sense there are a number of factors you know it's also the the production cost of a game has exploded Mm. like literally Mm -hmm. 10 times uh more expensive to make a game nowadays and it keeps exploding but i also think there are ways of making those microtransactions uh feel more palatable i I think there are always going to be people who dislike them but there are some ways of making them acceptable and some behaviors that are less acceptable and it seems at least in the beginning before the patch um some of what was happening in that in that towers of time online component was uh not making was was making a lot of people unhappy so um exercise a little bit of uh, judgment there i i guess um and the other thing is uh if you if you want something really uh um uh if you're deep into mortal combat maybe wait because if those um those customization things are behind the towers of time although the the really competitive mode don't allow i think for those customizations so i don't know maybe um Maybe, maybe not. Uh, it's it's fun for Terpster, I guess, is the important thing to remember. I think again, it depends where you're trying to find your fun. Um, but yeah, certainly for me, um, I, I, I've had a lot of fun and want to carry on playing it. Um, but I'm not too fussed about the online side of things. Right. So, 
All right. Well, there you go. Um, that is Terpster's uh, uh, estimation of where the game is. I'm going to be talking about uh, Days Gone. Sorry, I'm doing 15 times, uh, uh, 15 things at the same time. Uh, Days Gone is a game that was highly anticipated and then uh, extremely uh, um, lowly anticipated. And then people were like, um, I don't know, maybe it's going to be okay. And so now it's out and people think it's okay. And I guess that's where I also am at the moment. Days Gone is a zombie post-apocalyptic open world nar narrative experience type game. And it's... PlayStation exclusive as well. PlayStation exclusive, yeah. And, and in the past few years, the PlayStation exclusives have been spectacular. Um, mm -hmm. They have really been uh, blowing everyone's mind repeatedly, which um, this one isn't. And essentially what everyone had been saying, which is this is a... Um, this is going to be an unimaginative uh, formulaic game is kind of true. And these games... So I've, I haven't played a huge amount. I've played a few hours, the intro section. So maybe things change after uh, those few hours. But I feel like everyone's been saying the same thing. And that's also the feeling I've been getting, um, which is especially... Uh, uh, true i think since i am the client for those games i'm exactly mm. the target it's it ticks every box in my what games do does patrick love uh uh list and still playing it it was i'm i'm not not having fun but it's kind of yeah it's it's happening it's fine i have to say the first uh half an hour or or hour was so generic i was it was almost like i don't know like being in stasis like having neutral feelings not good not bad but just time is passing and i'm experiencing time passing i'm not having fun i'm not bored i'm just doing the thing on the screen which like i've also heard that comment um a few years ago five years ago this game would have been incredible like everyone would have gone crazy over the game and that's how i felt very much from the get-go mm. but today it's just what something that we've seen before with no spark no soul uh for those who have who know what Marie kondo does uh it doesn't mm. spark joy right it's no. <laughs> and and there are games that Straight are well <laughs> i wouldn't yeah i wouldn't go that far maybe you have to consider it a little bit longer but um you know there are tons of games that are great that have issues in the gameplay and that are inferior in some ways to days gone um like the one thing that comes to mind because it's so similar in theme is the last of us honestly the last of us has some parts of it the latter puzzly parts that are just bad and yet, because the game excels in so many other ways, it's uh, uh, it's considered excellent. Days Gone has no bad element, no objectively like uh, uh, really problematic element. But 
it doesn't have something that feels uh, like a, a vision for why, like, it seems like the team didn't think, didn't have a, a clear idea of why people would want to play the game. They had a clear idea of what needed to be included in order to make a game a game, but not why people would be drawn back to it, um, at least until, you know, the, the first few hours I've played. Um, it's weird because there are some fun elements as well, some interesting elements, like the bike is a little bit gimmicky, but it does the job. Uh, the bike is kind of uh, uh, your not your central hub, but it performs a lot of the functions that you would have at like your safe house or something. Like you can quick save at the bike. Um, well, actually you can quick save in many places, but also at the bike, it has equipment, it has a bunch of stuff and it works as the driving mechanic. It works and it's a, you come to uh, really be attached to your bike. It's dumb, but it works. The theme of like the narrative theme is played out, but the 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 uh, um, drifter biker gang type aesthetic works. Mm. I, I don't know. Um, do you are you uh, um, looking forward to playing that game, or is it? Are you in the camp of yeah? I don't need to play it. I don't think I'll pick it up. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. I think for me, like when it comes to Sony single player exclusives um the thing that's always made them great is the protagonists and the stories are basically like these fantastic sort of 50 hour long movies um and this seems to not tick the boxes i look for which is a super engaging story um and really enjoyable likable or interesting characters um i feel like most of the things i've seen around this um with um uh deacon uh just he looks like a like a young uh marcus phoenix from gears of war a little bit yeah and, yeah and i just i i don't like nothing jumps out at me as like anything he just feels generic like the whole thing feels generic mm. um you know you, you call zombies freakers they're still zombies and it's like that annoys me so much by the way yeah, the fact that yeah no game or property wants to call their zombies zombies i think it's time I've been, I've to get back to World zombies War Z and yeah. exactly and they they call them z's <laughs> like <laughs> okay that stands for zombie though yeah That's how we agreed like it's, <laughs> it's oh, z's coming in <laughs> world war z is doing pretty well i think it sold a million it's units it's, it's really and it's a really really fun game huh. like uh it's a four-player co-op sort of left for dead um with um kind of fun weapons Mm. um cool enemies is it's left for dead it's right, left for right. dead with a i think it's 2013 <laughs> movie ip mm -hmm. and book i guess um but you know it's, it's a very strange uh kind of tie-in but i guess to be honest with you if it if it didn't have that ip it would probably be even less kind of interesting if it just say yeah it's, it's left for dead it's new, yeah 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 you take on left for dead um but yeah i think when you when you look at something like days gone and you rack it up against the other sony single player exclusives like uh last of us part two coming out and you've got um god of war for some people who haven't played it like why would you why would you play this mm. it just feels like uh you know if, if you genuinely if you're in a, a real gulf of content and you're just like i just want to play something then great it'll fill fill a hole and it'd be one of those games you're like yeah yeah but yeah that's I, the thing you know, there are so many but it's like a cost of opportunity nowadays there are so many great things 
that I can't, I, I think I might play it a little bit more. I, I'm actually probably, I'm not, not enjoying it. Um, but it's always like, I'm having fun at level four. There's this other thing that could be providing me fun in almost the same kind of fun that I want. It's not just intensity, it's also type of fun. It could be doing it at level seven. Why am I doing the thing at level four? I, and I, I don't quite have the, but I, and I still want to play it. You know, it's very strange because I don't want to make it seem like it's not a, a good or fun game. I guess saying level four fun means there is some fun. Um, but it's, it's hard to justify um, using the limited amount of time you have for that game. It's, it's selling pretty well in the UK, apparently. It's selling pretty well all over. Right. I think it's not... It's so easy, you know, in, in gaming to tear something down or hype it up. And many of the things are simultaneously... Many of the games are simultaneously in both of those categories by different people. Some people love the thing, some people hate the thing, and they hate it more because others love it so much more, and they don't get it, and it's like... And this one is like, everyone agrees. Yeah, it's okay. You know, I, I don't know. But you're not going to pick it up, which I understand. Um, no, no. Mm. My time is premium. Uh, yeah. And it doesn't reach my very, very kind of uh, particular scoring <laughs> of um, being a good game and or free. Um, so <laughs> I think a lot of people uh, who are looking specifically for that type of experience might have uh you know it might be a fun purchase i guess the, what i'm trying to say is i thought it was going to be a home run for me because i'm looking for those types of experiences exactly um and if it even for me it's not a home run it's just you know it's an okay experience then some people will be disappointed and and if you just want to relax and enjoy a world of zombies with little stress and, and uh, post-apocalypse and depression, then that game might be for you. And uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm, you know, talking in circles now, um, but I guess we go back to it. the conversation about Days Gone. Here is how you can summarize it. Um, you can say, it's not terrible, but it's not great, but mm. it's not terrible. But it's not great, and you'll go around in circles forever, and that exactly. stays gone. But it's not free, and so when you wear it up against <laughs> other games, unless you played them all, um, I I think based on the reviews I've read and the gameplay I've seen, mm. it's probably you're probably good to skip it. I feel like we're we're spoiled for great single player content experiences in the form of TV and movies at the moment. That mm. I don't need that experience from a okay-ish game. Yeah, um, like you know, if you've got a PC. Um, like I said, World War Z, I've had a huge amount of fun in, um, and that was kind of half thirty-five bucks, I think. Um, you know, it's it's super cheap, and um, is a lot of gun, a uh, lot of gameplay, a lot of fun. Well, you have to have friends to play that game. You don't have to. It will it will put you with other randoms. Oh, and okay. That's fine as well. And also, you can also get AI if you've got no randoms, um, mm -hmm. uh, and then randoms will drop in at different chapter points. Um, yeah, if you're looking for a okay. zombie survivally game uh that's at least on pc and has been a huge amount of fun that i've enjoyed all right well i will add uh in conclusion that days gone is really pretty uh really beautiful and again five years ago people who would have been like aghast at how 
amazing so many of the things are. And some of, you know, there are some UI things that are good, some that are crappy, but really interesting. It's just, yeah, days gone. I guess that's what it is. Uh, all right, let's go over a few uh, tidbits of news. There's GameStop in the US, and I guess it owns franchises in other countries as well, um, is trying something that I think is really interesting. Um, it's, allow, it's, it's creating a category of games that is called um, Guaranteed to Love, I think, for which you buy them, and if you don't like them, you return them to the store, and you get a full refund in-store credit, so they keep your money, which is key, I think, um, but no questions asked. And, and so you have 48 hours to try it out. And if you don't like it, you get your money back and you have to spend it at GameStop. I think that's a really clever thing. And actually, the first game they're doing this with, I believe, is Days Gone. Um, so if you just if you think you might like it and want to try it out, that would be a great way. Or you can complete way. in two days. Really go complete, for it. Yeah, <laughs> um, that is the other thing that people said. And I don't, you know, I don't think that's going to be a real issue for GameStop because even if you do, as I said, they keep your money and you have to spend it there. So it's attracting people to their store instead of maybe, you know, Amazon or somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a pretty clever, clever move. I th yeah, I think from from my perspective, you know, in the EU, we got a lot of consumer rights uh, around um, playing and returning games uh, within Windows. Obviously, Steam refunds are really easy. Um, if you don't like a PC game, um, it's trickier with a lot of, you know, a lot of stores because games have codes that you use and then they're done and they're redeemed. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's easy to, to return a game in a store that you, a game that you've opened. Um, mm. You have to provide, I mean, you don't know that because you get all your games for free. So you're not used to how the I things, exactly. things so work in the real the world. Real issue. <laughs> Because the thing is, I, my, my game budgets remain the same. I just spend it now in games. So I don't mind spending <laughs> money in games. You know, everyone else is like, I spent a load of money. I'm like, I, I didn't. I've, I got this for free. Um, <laughs> or I can expense that bit. This bit I can't, but I'm happy to spend it. Uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a different world. But it's good to see uh, this. And equally, to be honest with you, retail, I think, is super important for games. Mm. Having that high street presence um, for kids to be able to rock up into a store and see everything and play stuff and experience what the magic of gaming is, um, is a great way to get into games. Um, so I think that it's good to see, you know, these companies try and stay more relevant and hopefully around for longer. Yeah. Um, it's a little know, bit of a desperate move for GameStop. They're not in a great shape, but uh, I like yeah. what they're doing there. I don't know how it impacts the developers and publishers. I guess GameStop don't report sales until 48 hours after. So if someone buys a game and then returns it, you know, it's as if mm. they never bought it to begin with. No, I think they and, did buy yeah. it, but GameStop will sell it again as a um, as a pre-owned. Uh, pre yeah, exactly. Okay. Um, so I don't think yeah. that impacts uh, developers at all, except so for the fact that, you know. Well, exactly. They don't get cut that second sale. But mm -hmm. yeah. Okay. Hmm. So I think it's it's it works out financially for GameStop. I, I hope it helps them out because they need it. Um, Persona 5, there's going to be like two or three new Persona 5 games. The Royal is like the enhanced version. Um, there's a Dynasty Warriors type uh, beat-em-up that is called uh, Persona 5 Rumble, I think, or S, or uh, I can't remember the name, but it's coming. And there's even like Persona Q, which is a, a 
Persona Q2, which is a crossover with Etrian Odyssey, I believe. Um, and yeah, so Persona 5, if you like Persona 5, there's more Persona 5 coming. I, I'm guessing you're not a Persona 5. Oh, Scramble, that's the name of the, uh, of the uh, uh, right. Dynasty Warriors type thing. Um, you, yeah. you guess correctly. I'm, I'm, I, I, I figured. I don't, don't like it. You don't like Japanese no. stuff. Uh, that's fine. No, no you... not, not as a not as a blanket rule. But uh, it's, oh, you hate Japan. Japan? No, and... thank you, sir. Exactly. I remember Pearl Harbor. Um, <laughs> no, it's just um, from from my perspective, it's just uh, yeah. I've I've yet to be really grabbed. Um, you know, my favorite game uh, from Japan is the Phoenix Wright series. Um, oh well, you know, so you, very... it is very Japanese. So I guess you get a pass. Yeah, uh, <laughs> very Japanese. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's just for the, for the most part, the, the genre just doesn't really mesh. That's um, fine. For it doesn't persona, just really got into it. Lots of people who, uh, don't like it. Um, super smash brothers 3.0 is available. It has a Joker persona five reference, uh, and a stage builder, which is pretty interesting. So you can go build stages in, uh, super smash brothers and, uh, talking about building stuff, Mario maker two is coming out June 28, uh, on the switch, of course. And uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of it for many reasons, but those who are, are happy. And, uh, something I am a big fan of Marvel, uh, the ultimate Alliance three game is coming out on switch as an exclusive on July tw uh, 19. It's called nice. the black order, but Terpster, I'm sure you're excited about this game. I am getting a little bit anxious about it because the communications we're getting is limited they're not making a big deal out of it where every Marvel game is a big deal. I worry it's going to be a subpar game, which I was hoping Marvel was done with. Um, but I am very worried. It's, it's, it is a exclusive, which is uh, sometimes a worry, I think, mm. with, with Marvel. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I love we'll, the Switch. We'll I love playing on the Switch. Who doesn't? Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm not. In, I'm not too sure about picking this one up. Yeah, um, me neither. I, I'll definitely wait for reviews. And I eat up everything Marvel. And this. Yeah, exactly. So, similarly, and the thing is, is what I like about is um, I play a lot of Conquest of Champions on my phone. Um, oh, okay. You're worse than is, me. I don't do that. Well, exactly. But it's super simple gameplay in terms of like a beat 'em up, just swiping back and forth, tapping, and things like that. But the reason I like to play it is because of all the characters in there. And it's got great character design. Um, and I kind of feel like this is almost a step back in terms of the quality of character design. Everyone's like super shiny, um, super low res. And I get it. So, you know, it's on the Switch. Um, but still, Switch games can look a lot better than this. Mm. So um, it's just, you know, it's not enough to, you know, visually to get me that excited. And the gameplay, you know, looks, looks fine. Um, but we'll have to wait yeah. and see. Yeah, I mean, a Diablo-like, you know, a, a, a hack and slash action game RPG. in action yeah. RPG in the Marvel universe, I'm all for it. And Ultimate Alliance has a good pedigree, but it's just the way they're communicating about it, which makes me nervous. But anyway, uh, more Nintendo news. Uh, they have not 
sold the 17 million switches they had promised in 2018. Um, they came short by about, I don't know, 500,000, really not that much. Uh, but the install base for the switch is now 34.74 million consoles, which is crazy in two years. It's following the curve of the PlayStation 4, which is pretty successful. Uh, and it's more than the entire install base of the N64. Um, it's funny, it's, it's slowly or rather quickly passing the benchmarks of, it, of the previous Nintendo consoles. Uh, of course, it's probably not going to reach uh, uh, Wii numbers, but uh, more than Wii it's, U's it's and more than... The, yeah, the, the Wii appealed outside of gaming. Um, you know, like grandparents would get it and play Wii yeah. Fit and Wii Sports. Twice. Um, and then yeah, it, it was like a, a board game type uh, experience. Exactly. For the Wii. Yeah. Uh, whereas um, the Switch I find is is pretty much, you know, some people have Xbox, some people have PlayStation. But, but everyone, everyone has, has a Switch. Switch. Yes, absolutely. And it's, 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 they've positioned it extremely well. And like I, I've been doing a lot of traveling over the past few months. And holy crap, do I love the Switch. It's just mm -hmm. like it is just so effortless um you know download a couple of games before you go um take a little battery pack with you on a plane and uh enjoy it um just holy crap you know i play hours and hours and hours and hours of that uh it's just so good yeah um so i'm, I'm thrilled um they're saying that they're not going to talk about the the new kind of cheaper switch or higher res switch at e3 yeah um, they have no plans for a new switch at e3 this year is what they're saying um, I think I think we'll hear it before the year's out. I think sort of October, uh, you know, later kind of Q Q end of Q three Q four. Um, I think we will hear about the new because it has to be in time for the holiday season. Um, so you think the, it's going to come out? Yeah, yeah. The rumors are they're going to do a cheaper um, uh, switch that is kind of just got no rumble, super super bare bones, but you know, a couple of hundred bucks, and then a yeah, that's the rumors, but. Nintendo yeah. has been saying no, 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 no. We're not doing but that. But Nintendo always says no, yeah. no, 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 no. But they, to they totally are. They mm. must be. Um, and me, I would totally buy a higher resolution Switch, like straight up, better screen on a Switch. Give me Bluetooth oh, yeah. as well, so I don't have to have a cable for my headphones. Um, I would easily drop more money on a more premium unit that still played all the games. Um, Completely agree. That's be, uh, it is really the look better and be more playable <laughs> it's funny how the switch has become the darling of of the gaming world in these past two years because everyone loves done it so everyone well with loves indies, it though as well there's so many indie games oh that's a big part of it so they're, yeah. they're, like, they're really cheap um because switch games are expensive um but indie switch games whilst being more expensive than their pc equivalent are cheap like yeah. stardew valley on switch holy crap that that you could give that to someone <laughs> And that would be the only game they ever need for the rest of their life. Yeah, um, I don't like that, but sure, if you do, it's like it's like ten bucks. It's ridiculous. Mm. It's just so cheap, and um, yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward to Nintendo doing what Nintendo does best, which is get the console in the hands of as many people as possible. And, um, and so, Labo was like an expensive thing that they. Oh, got did a lot you do the Labo? Yeah, yeah, Labo. Experience. Like I, I played it and stuff. Um, it's it is impressive. It's just really expensive. Uh, for cardboard mm. and uh you know kids are great but like holy crap they, they just break the carpet <laughs> and yeah you can fix it with with sellotape and you can you know tape it all up and decorate it and do all these other things but that isn't what you get a switch for um right and it's great to see them continue to innovate but i don't think we're going to see 
more from Labo. I think that it's not performed as well as it should have. As much as it's won, I don't think it's won the hearts and minds of consumers. Yeah, agreed. Well, they're uh, forecasting 18 million Switch sales in 2019, which is more than what they did in 2018. So it could indicate that they're uh, expecting to uh, release a new um, uh, device for people to buy it again <laughs> uh, this year, mm. but we'll see what happens maybe towards the end of the year. Um, and they also have announced they are reaching 10 million accounts for Nintendo Switch Online, um, yeah. which that's 200 million in their pockets that's right there. Money. Yeah, that's exactly. pretty good. Yeah. Wow. Um, I've, they're also starting the closed beta for Mario Kart Tour. And I watched a video that people claim is uh of the of that closed beta but honestly i have a, a little bit of a hard time believing it i haven't made a screen to screen comparison to uh the switch version it, it looks really just like that and it yeah. seems to control just like that so if that's what it is then it it's really mario kart on your on your mobile which is pretty cool yeah which you know like I'm all for. Yeah, why not? But I've got it on my Switch, so yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you not need your Switch anymore? Well, you don't have no, a, a controller. Because it's got all the other games on. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, you know, on-screen keyboards and controllers are the devil. Um, so it's 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 really good to have um, uh, Joy-Cons. And, and that's exactly why gamers like us will never let go of their Switches. Um Sega is apparently not doing well in the mobile arena. Uh, that's a nice change, but it's it's interesting to hear that Sega has not managed to uh, capture lightning in a bottle in in the mobile er er arena uh, arena, and they're returning to more console and PC games. They released a bunch of them last mm -hmm. year. It, they didn't perform well, and the explanation for them is there's so much activity in yeah, uh, the mobile world. It's it's difficult to to you know uh, um, uh, get out of the melee, <laughs> and also things have a lot less to do with quality of games and a lot more to do with marketing. Of course, that's the case in PC and consoles as well. But if you're Sega, people are going to kind of pay attention to what you're doing, and your, and your game is going to be um, get some uh, airtime in the media. And so if you make a good game, chances are you're probably going to sell reasonably well. In the mobile arena, it's kind of crapshoot. So, yeah, I they're getting back mobile, to it. What you have to remember is mobile is not made up of people who identify as gamers. And they aren't gamers by the definition that I would consider myself a gamer. Um, so being a Sega game doesn't mean a huge amount in that yeah. obviously Sonic is a, a global icon and people understand who and what it is, but it doesn't necessarily move to purchase. And they have had some really crappy mobile games that may have burnt whatever. That's another issue. Yeah. Had. Um, the, when you look at the PC titles that Sega has, they've got creative assembly. So the total war series, um, they've got, you know, alien isolation as well from creative assembly. Um, they've got um, the um, uh, sumo game. So they've got um, uh, Sonic team racing as well. Um, which is uh, like Mario Kart, but um, team-based. <laughs> so it's kind of, they, they compare it more to Overwatch um, than uh, Mario Kart. 
in that it's not who comes first, it's which team performs best um, and most efficiently and stuff like that. And so they are, they're building kind of high quality, good games um, that are around on PC. You've got Relic as well with, um, you know, Dawn of War and Company of Heroes. Um, you know, they've got some really good quality heritage games that aren't necessarily um, cash grabs. They are actually just good games. Um, I feel like Sega's been doing PC exceptionally well mm. um, over the past five, seven, eight years. Um, and I think that the rest of the company is now catching up. Um, I've, I, I think the biggest threat to their business is the Sonic movie, because um, <laughs> I think that that is genuinely going to be one of the worst. I mean, video game movies have always had a bad rep, you know, justifiably, really. But holy crap, is it going to be deserved? Um, I don't know. Have you seen the Jim Carrey Doctor? I have. I have. It looks horrendous, but uh... again, you know, it's the only thing that's starting to make Sonic look better. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, um, yeah. I, I'm really worried about what that does to the brand and the the name. Um, but you know, such is life. Uh, mm. So we'll have to see. But like I said, I feel like Sega's portfolio now is less reliant on the rodent and more so on their strategy simulation games so yeah we'll see you know i never i i guess i'm like regular people i don't really think about that when i think of sega but you're right it's it's not just sonic that's that's the crazy thing exactly we don't we don't think about those and actually those are probably the higher performing Mm -hmm. revenue things for them um you know they're not in the console game anymore um you know they're just making uh software or or publishing software even i don't really know how much in-house dev they do anymore um, but they just have some amazing studios that they own or have relationships with. So I think that's the that's the big thing. And so like I said, I've got no no doubt over the you know over the next you know few years we're going to continue to get great PC experiences from them. Mm. Um, but I got love like Yakuza games. Uh, you know there was a thing a little while ago where you know there was this a bit of a kind of a PR stink created because um, I think the voice actor or the main character guy yeah Pierre Taki yeah. in some some it, criminal activity yeah no i you like, know i didn't even talk about it on this show but the, the the only thing he's he did poor guy um he was tested positive for cocaine i believe um and in japan and like, that is that's it that's it the in japan the that means game. death <laughs> death they actually me, that's like brilliant <laughs> so they actually removed him from the game from the the judgment eyes uh game that he was in with you know face capture motion capture voice everything they removed him entirely the game was out they stopped sales and wow. removed him cast someone else included him to take him his place and re um you know uh, they're resuming it. sales very soon but like in Japan, you don't mess around with drugs. Mm-hmm. And not saying that, you know, hard drugs are good, but that seems a bit harsh. Like, he is persona non grata now. It's like it carries a heavy prison sentence, I believe, if wow. you're... Maybe not if you're a user, but... Um, yeah, it's... it's They don't mess around. But, it's, yeah, it's, anyway, um, that's a tangent. I, I know of other um, stories that, sadly, I can't repeat, that are equally as hilarious, though, in terms of... Um, uh, the the misunderstanding of the digital world and some of these um some of these traditional actors um uh that have, that mean that we we have um 
certain games not available on PC due to modding um, because of fears around what modding can do uh, to a character's or a person's likeness. Um, or the okay, that is very game. mysterious. I'm uh, curious now. Exactly. I just think it's hilarious when you when you look at you know games and stuff and that people don't really get the what it means like mm. and you know like does it matter you're being very matter? cryptic i i'm not sure I, what you're referring I to i can't i can't again but okay. um basically there's just like i said it's i feel like the whole that whole world um feels uh regressive um in terms of how it handles games and performance and mm-hmm. the rest so we'll yeah. see what the future holds. But anyway, I think that, like I said, I'm not worried about Sega going forward. And uh, yeah, fantastic. If they if they cut back on the mobile titles that have never been particularly wow, um, you know, hopefully that means more resources and efforts going into the really high quality stuff they're putting out on PC and Absolutely. console. Um, so fingers crossed. I want another Alien Isolation. You know, I want uh, <laughs> another another spooky game. We'll see. Um, all right. Uh, very quickly, I'll talk about Epic. Um, that Tim Sweeney, president of Epic, did something really interesting uh, in the fight between for the hearts and minds of gamers uh, between them and uh, and Valve for the stores. Uh, he said, "Listen, if Valve um, starts giving the same kind of cut that we do to developers, meaning." Uh, 88% instead of the 70% racket they're currently doing. He didn't use those words. Um, well, well, we'll stop the exclusives and uh, we'll even put our own games on Steam. And that will be wonderful. Uh, people mm. will truly have choice. And We're I not thought the that bad was... guys. Those money-hungry <laughs> Valve guys are the bad guys. I thought uh, that was very clever. It shifts the responsibility it's, of it it's on the Valve. Biggest, exactly. And it's the biggest thing. Like, hey, don't hate me. Hate them. Exa- yes. Oh, but also, I think, it's, I think it's kind of justified because in that scenario, it is on Valve's... Uh, Valve is holding the power there. Anyway, yeah. I've talked about that Valve dynamic a million a huge, times. A huge... Um, storefront and support and you know all of the customer service stuff all of the loyalty i think their valve can compete on their own merits and i mean valve does well uh you know valve makes billions of dollars it's the highest profit per employee company in the world um they are fine uh, and they certainly could take less of a cut um they have their tiered thing whereby if you sell over like a, a million units no, yeah, it's like, like a, 20 million. Yeah. It's ridiculous. No one yeah, reaches well, there you that. Go. So, yeah, and it's equally not grandfathered back. It's just for anything beyond that mm-hmm. is on the other split. Um, it's, you know, th- they don't feel the need to compete on yeah, value. It's, they're, they're enjoying um, the monopoly. But um, the thing is, is that it's, you know, Sweeney is saying like, look, I'm not a bad guy. Like if they, if they make it the same price, then we're good. We'll compete on value the same as they do. Yeah. But if they're not going to, I'm going to keep buying up all these titles and having these exclusives to grow my storefront. I don't think he's unrealistic, but I don't feel like that actually is fair to kind of say that Valve are the bad guys. It's not Mm. me. But the thing is, is Sweeney is an insanely rich man. And, you know, (laughs) he can just, he can just whack out the Sweeney, put it out there and just say, look, you know, I can do what I want. And it's cool. Like one of the things people have to remember is that uh, at a GDC, um, Epic signed a deal with Humble whereby any exclusive titles can sell through Humble on their store. Um, And just like Valve don't get a cut when keys are sold through Humble, Epic wouldn't. 
And Epic are literally saying, look, if you don't want to give us money, but you want to play these exclusive titles, go to humble.com, buy the game over there, and there you go. Like, you know, money goes to charity, money goes to developer, we get nothing, you get to play the game. Yes, you have to launch it via the the, the Epic launcher, um, but if you want to object to Epic, you can do it that way. Mm. Um, you know, they, they constantly say like, well, what's your problem? Oh, you don't like us? Cool, well, don't give us money, play the game. Yeah. Oh, what's that? You, you want this? Well, you know, if they change this, we'll do that. But, you know, I completely and understand I think... that they're trying to compete in a very entrenched space with Valve and Steam. You know, Steam and Steam still looks like a website from the early 90s. Um, <laughs> you know, they haven't done much with UI. Their review system is the worst thing in the world, and I hate it. Um, you know, they, they let people just vote depending on their disagreement, less so than their actual play habits. You know, I don't care if a game has put a female protagonist in and a load of people think that that then means the game is bad. I want Valve to tell me how much do people play of this game? Do they play more than they normally do? Less than they normally do? Do they spend more in game than they normally do? Um, does it mean that, you know, do they experience more crashes on their PC than they normally do? You know, Valve has the data. They just need to share it and just be like, boom, this game here, I'll tell you exactly what it is. Here's what the data says it is, not what someone's opinion is. And I just feel like Valve has a lot of things wrong with it um, on Steam that, you know, Epic coming along, hopefully will encourage them to fix. But, well, you know, I mean, I could, I, I could disagree with you on some of the things you're saying, but essentially <laughs> the... The, the, the takeaway is that Valve has a monopoly and so they don't care about anything. And m my impression about this uh, little bit of PR jujitsu that Epic was doing was that that's pretty smart. It puts the focus back on Valve. And apparently no one took the bait. Uh, it's, it's obviously manipulative and it's saying, no, Valve is the bad guy. I understand that. But... It's not untrue what they're saying. It's not uninteresting. You know, what they're saying is an interesting argument. But every reaction I've seen was from the people who were angry with Epic. The reaction was, oh, I don't care. I still hate you. Which I guess, you know, I'm like at that point, I'm putting my hands up in the air and I'm like, okay, whatever. But anyway, mm -hmm. all right, let's not spend too much more time on that. Um, and also when you say uh, Tim Sweeney is the richest man in the world, I do want to mention quickly uh, the Polygon article about the crunch at Epic Games, which is horrifying. Um, 50, 60, 70, 100 hour weeks not being uncommon, yeah. people being forced by not by you know company rules but like force of uh, pressure to stay in uh, on the weekends and the, all the stories we've heard uh for years about crunch just as bad as Ep at epic and especially bad maybe worse because of the success of fortnite and the need to keep updating the game all the time which i've applauded in this show many times because it's compelling and it makes people mm. stay in and and play more and it's it's but of course we're learning uh, we should have guessed maybe that it has a heavy cost um and yes they're getting paid more but they don't really have a choice uh in in the matter um and respawn coming out uh vince zampella respawn coming out uh, talking about uh apex legends saying you know what we're not going to do the crunch thing because it's a game as a service and that's untenable for the teams. And so we're just keeping the, the, tr keeping, uh, the, the game at a pace of 
uh, bi-monthly, you know, every two weeks we do an update. And if it doesn't work, unless there's a game-breaking thing, of course, but if we need to fix something, we'll fix it in the next update. And we care about our um, employees, and so that's how we're doing it, which is great, I, I, but I don't know if it's linked, but the game has taken a nosedive in the uh, popularity metrics that we have on Twitch and, and all of that, um, which I guess was probably inevitable. I, my feeling is that Respawn was like, holy shit, we, holy crap, we're getting 50 million players in what, a month? Uh, that can't last and it's untenable, unsustainable. That's not what we're looking for anyway. If we so, have a few million, we'll be happy. Anyway. I don't know. So my, my unverified rumor, take it with a pinch of salt, is apparently, allegedly, um, Apex was such a kind of surprise launch because EA put all of their faith and marketing behind Anthem. And yes. they were actually Which is delaying features, Apex. key features, by yeah. the way, because they're scrambling, trying to fix the, the actual game. Yeah, exactly. Um, key so, features so they for, promised. For whatever but, yeah. reason, internally, EA felt that Anthem was the, the horse that they should be betting on, and that's where they should be putting their efforts and resourcing to the point where basically Respawn or a decision was made at some level to, okay, let's just put Apex out there and just see what happens. And obviously it blew up. It was fantastic. Everyone loved it. Meanwhile, Anthem, just terrible. Also blew um, up, you know, but so in many, a different way. So Yeah, exactly. So many quality of life issues. Um, but as, as you know, those loot shooters always have, at launch, they are just launching. Yeah, Anthem was... We talked about this a lot on the show. I would argue Anthem yeah. was much worse, but anyway. Much worse, exactly. So it's that sort of thing where I think that Respawn now have earned a little bit of like, well, you know, we've made a heck of a lot of money. We've done extremely well. And we know that we can get those players back when we put out new maps or put out new characters, put out new stuff. I'm not and, sure they um, can, though. I think the momentum is really important in those kinds of games. And if you lose it, I don't know that it's... You know, I'm not condoning what Epic is doing with Fortnite. Obviously not. We've talked about this before. And maybe we shouldn't be talking about it too much longer now, again, because it's repetitive. But it, it, I don't know that it's possible to have as big, big a success. The big difference and, between Fortnite and Apex is the mobile version. Um, mm. And once Apex gets a mobile version, I think your player numbers you'll see will be fairly static mm. um, and similar. Um, and you look at it, you know, all of the big games, when you look at the huge player numbers behind Fortnite and Minecraft, it's because there's a mobile version. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so Apex did exceedingly well, considering it didn't and doesn't have a mobile version. So um, That's fair. Apex will will do extremely well once they do that, and they will have to do that. Um, but yeah, I think EA is an, another interesting one where they've, um, you know, I keep saying, oh, never again. And then, you know, oh, looks like there's going to be another single player Star Wars game. <laughs> guess, guess, um, <laughs> guess we're doing it again. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we will see. We will see. We'll see. All right. Um, I guess that is it for our talks about gaming. Uh, but if you're still here and haven't watched Avengers Endgame, um, I would suggest that you leave this episode and uh, come back once you actually have gone to the theater, like yeah. I guess the 7 billion people on Earth, and watch Endgame. Yeah. Um, Just do it. Remember, we love you 3,000. Exactly. Um, 
and Bye-bye. yeah so goodbye <laughs> bye we'll we'll see you again in a little bit and if you're still here why are we talking about Endgame? Because it's my show and I do whatever I want. And uh, Terpster <laughs> loves uh, Marvel and the MCU and I do as well. And we wanted to. So there you go. Uh, I did ask Nicole if she wanted to, uh, if she would be available for something like that and do a movielicious revival. Yeah. Sadly, um, she her, her kid is really sick. Yeah, She's traveling sick, and yeah. it, she hasn't had time to, um, she hasn't hasn't had time oh, it to, to see it she had like a ear infection yeah um and then they had to drive home like 14 hours yes I was like, oh, oh that's that is terrible literally the worst thing i can even imagine um but here we are so yeah end game so it's end game episode um, 22 season one of Marvel. <laughs> essentially what did you think i i loved it i mean the thing is is like oh it, this it, is yes me, sorry complete full spoilers from the get-go just so yeah. you know like so, we're going to spoil so, everything yeah so so for me it was um just the perfect swan song to uh phase one two and three like the fact that it felt like everything built to this moment those character arcs those those character growths um you know from that first avengers you know about stark you know not being the one to make the sacrifice play you know he would he would not crawl over the wire you know he'd cut the wire all the rest um to to have him kind of He's he's fine. Like post snap, he's okay. Like yes, Peter's gone, and he blames himself because he got him involved. But actually, if he's pragmatic about it, that snap again was fifty percent random. Like it would make no difference if Spider Man were involved or wasn't involved. He would get snapped either way. And so he's there though with this. I've got this. I, I think I can bring these people back. And that is, you know, he has to at that point. You know, that that character of, of Tony Stark has to do it. And the the way in which they do the time heist is it's frustrating in that any time you deal with time and time travel in a movie, it gets fuzzy, it gets awkward, plot holes are delivered. Um, I don't know how many of them are intentional or not, um, but obviously it's fantastic in terms of the nostalgic trip we get to take and go and see Avengers one again from the sidelines. Uh, we get the nice little circle shot as they're all there in the, in the battle for New York. <laughs> um, you see them, you know, sick, uh, taking down Loki at the top of the tower. Um, you know, I kind of get frustrated. I want to see more of it. Uh, seeing the other characters, seeing Tilda Swinton as the ancient one um, with professor Hulk kind of chatting to her and stuff. That was cool. That's so cool. Um, it felt like fan service, but in world and so expertly well done. Um, Game of Thrones, again, without getting the spoilers for that, has felt like fan fiction, uh, fan service, where it's like, okay, uh, yeah, I mean, it's cool, or I get it, but I don't really feel like it's that satisfying or it feels that grounded. Whereas Endgame for me just felt just so well placed. Uh, the humor that they carried on through from Ragnarok and Guardians um, was just brilliantly placed throughout. I feel like all of the jokes landed. Um, I didn't feel like any of the jokes really were a bit like flat. Just all of them felt really strong. Um, and it just, yeah, like I didn't cry during it, but holy crap, did I want to? Um, <laughs> you know, I was, we we booked out a cinema. So I was surrounded by people I work with every day. And I was just like, you know, just keep shit together, man. Come on, you can do this. Um, but basically anytime, you know, you've got Tony and Morgan, his, his daughter, that whole bed, you know, just 
putting in a bed scene was mm. was beautiful. Um, just just Robert Downey Jr.'s like range and quality in this film was exceptional. Um, and then yeah, the just everything, just holy shit, what a what a beautiful send off. Um, I don't know how it works in isolation. I don't know if you haven't seen the other twenty one, twenty two films or whatever. I don't it, know. I, I mean. I, I don't think it even matters. Um, I think some <laughs> people are, are saying, yeah, you know, it's still a movie. And I guess it is. But it's it's like some things people said about uh, Infinity War. The, the last chapter of a book is not a book. You know, it's like you, it might work as a chapter, an individual chapter that might have some excitement and fun. But, you know, it's the one that in this case, in the case of the MCU, it's the one couple of movies where... Really, you should, yes, you can expect people to have seen everything or at least some of the other things. Um, most of the other movies work as standalone movies. These ones, not so much. I mean, I, I think it doesn't matter if they don't. But overall, I'm, I'm right there with you. What a, you know, it's not perfect. You alluded to some of the time uh, travel thing, I think. Yes, there are some plot holes, and it is frustrating if you're like... And I don't know with the Disney Plus, they're doing a Loki series. So I don't yeah. know if that's going to be following the events of 2012 Tesseract Away Loki. Well, that's the most likely I thing, think. yes. Or, yeah. again, if it's you know Loki the early years and stuff mm. like that. I don't know if there's a reason for those kind of... It know, might be, but it's still, it's still plot holes. Because either they create a bunch of parallel realities, but they say they, they said they weren't going to. And if they don't, then some things don't make sense because, because 2014 Thanos is dead and he doesn't go back to 2014 unless like Tony actually snapped him back. But that doesn't seem like it. that's what he did. And yeah, as you said, Loki has gone away and he's taken the Tesseract. So unless Captain America beats him over the head with Mjolnir and gets him back there and like he has forgotten that he left uh then loki isn't in that universe or you know in, in where he should be for even thor 2 to happen in 2014 mm. right like a bunch well, of things the, the reason they give for the time travel is that um can't change your past so as much as you're going back to the past it is an alternate then it's past. a parallel and reality so it's exactly. But then the Ancient One says that without the stones, those realities are screwed. So then Bruce says, okay, well, we'll travel back and we'll give you back the stones the instant you've given it away. So for all intents and purposes, it never left. Yes, um, but the fact that the characters are still Captain not there. Captain America put the Space exactly. Stone back in the Tesseract? How does he rebuild the, um, the, 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 the mind staff, Loki's staff? all of these things it's like how how well that you know, you know he... go back to 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 asgard and inject the reality ether back into chain like <laughs> yeah yeah, like, yeah how does it work like and, you know, and it's, it's, how you know, what happens when he uh, i guess not when he's on vormir and shows up and yeah, he's like red oh skull's there. red skull exactly. oh, hey shit. how's yeah. it going bam should we tango like does does, does <laughs> nat come back or is he just but, like no you can have the stone back you know, all of these things, I don't know how much it matters, how much I think it, it doesn't, really. I mean, yes, yeah. it does. But if you're hung up on this, I think you're really missing on the joy of the incredible quality that everything else does with this movie. Like, the first of all, the coming together of so many things, so many threads that make it seem like it was all planned from the start, completely mm. make up for the inconsistencies of time travel, which yeah. 
also in themselves are completely made up for by the fact that you can go back in the Marvel Universe to re-experience some of the things that you love and have seen so many times from a different perspective. That alone is, you know, something magical that they've put together that I don't think we expected. I think a lot of people expected either they go and beat up Thanos and take the stones and undo the snap, fine, or they go back and time travel. Uh, and time travel, I don't think anyone expected them to go back and revisit what they, I mean, maybe some people did, but I certainly didn't. And retcon so many things into making sense like the ancient one being in new york and you know defending the sanctum yeah. sanctorum um like and it's it's so perfectly crafted i think the mcu mm -hmm. does not get enough credit for the cleverness of its writing and the the because yeah the way the movies are and, constructed yeah, exactly like they you know they they wrote from the first Avenger through all the Cap films to both Infinity War and this. Yeah. You know, it's well, a fantastic I mean, arc. They also wrote uh, Rot, wrote um, uh, Thor 2. So they they have a few duds in there as well, I guess. Yeah. But I, I think even then, like the fact that, um, you know, when you look at, uh, like, so it's tricky with the, the so in the in the universe we are going forward there are no more infinity stones right they've been destroyed in our timeline and the ones we borrowed have been replaced so there is in theory no way to introduce those stones again going forward well i mean it's uh, comics got, maybe they can say the universe yeah. reforms them because they can't exist the universe can't exist yeah exactly yeah, exa the, yeah maybe yeah. maybe and that's thing we've got the eternals movie coming up uh, next year um, which would deal with more of the cosmic foundations. Um, it will be really interesting to see where the MCU goes from here. And with the retiring of, you know, Captain America as, uh, you know, as, um, uh, and uh, Robert Downey Jr., you know, Chris, Chris um, uh, Evans, uh, Chris Hemsworth seems to be sticking around. Yeah. And, which is um, kind of, you cool. know, as Guardians of the Galaxy, like, yes, please. Um, <laughs> like to have, Thor, hopefully he'll be involved in Guardians 3 and it won't just be, you know... You know oh, we left, left him at the station yeah, there. Exactly, yeah, he's still... You know, I want to have both him and Quill working out, trying to get back in shape. Um, <laughs> you know, I was reading someone on Reddit, someone was saying that, you know, you have like Quinn, um, a Quill even so doing like, um, you know, some dumbbell reps and he's getting back into shape and then it kind of pans out and you see like Thor's lifting the whole Benatar up and down or something <laughs> like that. You know, and you could see just that that kind of jokey rivalry between the two and then if they do come across Gamora and find her like they alluded to the fact that it was between Quill or a tree but now it would be between Quill or Thor no I don't know no no that can't be I, that I like it's terrible that. I like that well that would be good like in terms of like she's like oh hang on I like this other guy and <laughs> Thor's you know he's a big flirt but then still to somehow kind of end up with Quill and you know that mm. would be beautiful um We'll see. Uh, you know, James Gunn said way back when that um, Guardians Three was going to be all about Gamora, and so I guess now it's like the you know the hunt for Spock, search for Spock. Um, mm. It's going to be you know trying to find Gamora, and then it is a different Gamora uh, or the same. You know, like can is she good? Will she be good? Can she fall in love again? Will she join the Guardians again? Should she join the Guardians again? Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see kind of what that looks into, and then f uh, Thor Four. Um, or hopefully they call it four um, will be um, is is kind of in discussion to be greenlit soon 
with Taika Waititi um, coming back on um, to direct that. Um, you know, I feel like there's there's so much excitement going forwards that when you look at Endgame, like it's got the beautiful uh, last battle that does have a very forced um, kind of female run where it's just all the female characters together. That yeah, I get I've heard kind of people be sort of a little bit queasy the, the, about that one. I can understand. It is, but... It's just like there's no need. Like at yeah, no yeah. point is Captain Marvel ever... <laughs> Like, see, being like, she hasn't got it handled. She doesn't need any help. Yeah, and they're like, I you're like, how's she going to get it across there? I don't know. She just blew up a, a ship <laughs> with her head. Like, you know, like she just headbutted a ship and it blew up. Like, I think she's okay. I agree. Um, I feel like I that, what that I've, whole what I've would heard... be far more effective with them as they kind of did a bit kind of escorting Spidey across um, and him having the support of all these other strong female characters. Mm. And I think that's super empowering. And 100, percent you know, we see it all the time for all the kind of the male hero role models I had the benefit of growing up with. So I think it's great. I just think that Captain Marvel doesn't need help. Yeah, uh, I think it wasn't very. The, the the thing I've I've heard some people interpret it as was a message a message to the to the trolls, which you can see Thanos's army in that shot as like an army of trolls, and it's like. Yeah, F you, we're still going to keep going as, you know, and and the irony is they haven't been going with female. Now there are a bunch, but it's very late to the party. So it's kind of. But anyway, I, yeah, I agree. This this was not very skillfully made. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, well, I mean, what a, what a film. <laughs> and the moment when Cap that, gets Mjolnir is probably yeah. the most exuberant so, joy so, I have felt in my life. So um, my only my only reservation there is obviously Odin's is whoever is worthy should have the power of Thor, mm -hmm. and every time when Thor got that hammer in Thor one and stuff, he kind of instantly healed and got rearmored. And what I really wanted is to Cap to start that fight in his old <laughs> 2012 crappy thing, and then when he gets Mjolnir to turn into his cool scale mail thing that he has, I think that would have been a cooler sort of like oh, well, no way. Um, but I kind of feel like, obviously, there was a, a pacing and a, and a thing whereby it's just like, okay, cool. Yeah, but then I think I kind that's of feel where... Like it would have explained the lightning and you know, mm, the other power that he sure. wield with Mjolnir. I think um, Mjolnir. Uh, but I think Mjolnir. It, that would have been <laughs> incredible for comic fans, but it would have been a bit too much for moviegoers. And what yeah. this these movies do best is straddling that line. And doing the things that movie fans want and what, you know, doling out some fan uh, uh, service in a way that is unbelievably satisfying. And by the way, keeping the Avengers Assemble for that last movie is so, like, I literally cried when he said Avengers Assemble. The three times I saw the movie, I saw it three times already. And the thing is, it's like, I kind of feel like Thanos was more of a threat in this movie with no Infinity Stones mm -hmm. than yes. for the whole of Infinity War. Well, like, him yeah. going all out and that, you know, his Thanos copter, um, I love that, you know, his... his, his <laughs> well, Infinity he's younger. Blade. You know, maybe well, he's, he's, he's five years younger. younger. <laughs> it's like, but that's the thing, is like he hasn't <laughs> lost. He hasn't had to sacrifice to get the stones. Mm. He's had them gifted and, you know, given to him on a plate. And so he's got no appreciation for what that is. And he knows he's overconfident. He knows he snaps. Mm. He knows he gets to do this. He wins. So he goes in so cocky and so foolhardy, but equally knowing that he has to finish these people. So he's going all out. 
And it's like him wailing away and breaking cap shield. Like, whoa, like that was intense. Mm. That's intense. And even then, like after all of it, you see him, you know, beam in all of his troops and you're like, oh, crap. And then, you know, on your left, just, yeah, just so that much, moment. So oh my God. That... Exactly. So, so... And they just, they stretch out so beautifully though as well. You're mm. like, Oh shit! Well, okay. That was a very. This was just a very quick impressions. Yeah, meandering thing. But basically, holy crap! What a fantastic experience! What a great film! What a brilliant season finale to season one of Marvel Cinematic (laughs) Universe. Um, And you know, so so beautiful. As you said at the the beginning of this show, uh, I'm so glad that I lived in a time when I saw all of this. And I said something to that effect on Twitter. Whatever happens in the future, if the MCU starts sucking ass, and if if Star Wars taught us, it will. uh, Possibly. Uh, I I like the new ones, but oh, you're talking about the the prequels, which I agree with you. Well, I'm talking Uh, about like Force Awakens. Oh uh, what? Onwards, okay, really. we would yeah, we would well, have an interesting. Was okay, but I mean, I think certainly uh, <gasps> the, last the Last Jedi. Jedi. I love it. We would have a really oh, interesting episode got, of Movielicious. Um, but anyway, what we're looking but, at here is that we've yeah we've lived in the golden years. And this is the golden. Age. We will always have this. Like no matter what happens, we have mm-hmm. those twenty-two movies, which are you know so incredibly satisfying and they were so unlikely to happen it's a miracle it's a cathedral mm. of pop culture which is you know it's not it's not an actual cathedral it's not solving world hunger or anything but it is incredible and i'm and in- you think about really what it's, how it's changed the landscape in terms of comic book movies are the biggest movies in the world and thus the comic books are bigger and some of the biggest things in the world in terms of entertainment. And yeah. so then people who have traditionally enjoyed those who were previously on the fringes of society are now fully in the, in the mainstream, mm-hmm. the acceptance it's made for geek culture, um, you know, like game of Thrones, you know, kind of led off the back of Lord of the Rings. Um, and people are like, Holy crap, fantasy is really cool. And then you look at the, the uptick in Dungeons and Dragons um, sessions in the past sort of, five eight years um i think that the mcu has opened so many eyes to the magic of sequential storytelling and how you can build bigger stories um like tv has improved naturally over the past decade anyway um but like yeah we we've we've lived through this and this is great and i can't wait to see more i you know already you know what they're going to do with black widow movie holy crap um you know she did i would love for it Um, not to be a prequel though i would love for it to be something but the thing is even then like if it i don't know like i kind Mm. of feel like it it will be because no it's probably going to be but i'm just saying you know yeah so so again so all of that is just like i'm excited to see what the future holds and me too yeah and like what, what a great time to be alive you know with all Agreed. the other crap that's going on in the world you know we've got trump brexit and the rest of the world um what a fantastic escape to to say you know what for us you know we're actually in the longest period of un, you know uninterrupted peace for the largest part of the world um uh for the longest duration and you know we've got fantastic stories like this you know i'm 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 loving it i'm loving it too Thank you for being on the show with me, Turf Sir. Uh, If people want more of the tea, where would they go? 
Uh, so you can check me out over on Twitter, just twitter.com slash the underscore T. Uh, that's me. And I tweet maybe four times a week now. So, you know, you can really, you know, <laughs> some of them are great tweets as well. You know, uh, I got um, quoted on IGN uh, the other day uh, for my Game of Thrones tweet about complaining how dark it was. I, I had that hot take. Um, it was so, very dark. Um, it was very dark. I, I, I said I thought it was going to be thematically dark, not just actually very dark. <laughs> Um, but How clever. Uh, again, I know that's why they put my tweet <laughs> at the top of their article. Wow, thank you, IGN. You're welcome. Um, yeah, I just got a lot of random people now messaging me saying, like, Were you watching it on a phone, you dumbass? It was, yeah, so cinematography. And I was like, Okay, right, okay, well, it's more of a, more of a, just a humorous perspective, well, but thanks. All the I, same. Yeah. I watched on a 4K uh, 65 oh. inch TV and it was very nice. dark as well. So yeah. there you go. Yeah. I'm coming yeah. to Terpster's defense. Thank you. Thank you. But he doesn't need the defense. He's 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 so ripped now. He's like Captain exactly. Marvel. I'm like, I'm, I'm exactly like Captain Marvel. I'm gonna go get the same haircut. Um, and uh, holy shit, I wish. Uh, yeah. No, I'm All I'm right. more like Fat Thor at the moment. But I will be like like Thor Ragnarok in another sort of like three years. I'm looking Great. forward to that. Yeah, uh, me too. For me, it's <laughs> and probably your wife as well. Um, I'm. Not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And this show is available at Frenchspin.com. If you want to comment on what we said, be them uh, the games or the movie, please feel free to do so. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with another episode. Talk to you then. Bye. Bye-bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.